the Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And that's it. And that's it. We got that's nobody it. else. Nobody. It was dead silent there. We were. Yeah, it was purpose. That was a perfect dramatic pause. We haven't done this in years. I can't remember the last time. Did, I. Did you look it up? No, I should have. Nah, that's all right. I, mean, I should have. Yeah. I would. It was. It's got to be in like the first 50. Yep. Actually, not even first 50. Did we because, always have a guest? Is the No, we didn't always have a guest. When Katie, um, Katie skipped out? When Katie skipped out, no. We would occasionally do an episode without Katie. Yeah. But then we started having guests all the time. So it yeah, yeah. was never an issue. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It was a long time ago on a podcast far, far away. We will uh, not have a rundown. Maybe we will. I don't know. Well, I guess we could just talk through the rundown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but today we are talking about what happens when you take Joe Hill, Scott Derrickson of Doctor Strange, the original yep. good version of Doctor Strange, and the amazingly talented, uber creepy in this film, Ethan Hawke. Uh, and chat, one of the big surprise hits of the year the black phone but first is always the most pressing question of all what is everybody what do we still say everybody's only two of us. Right, what are we drinking this episode what do you got well half of everyone is having a blackberry Ooh. bubbly how good Bubbly. is that are you a black i like this one is that so that's a blackberry it's not a black cherry are you no, a black no. cherry like do, soda mm. fan Yes, I am. If it was there, I don't feel like mm -hmm. you see that much anymore. No, you used to see soda. it. There used to be a, a a Philadelphia company called Frank's Soda, and that they was made one. orange soda too, didn't they? They made Did a they lot of orange? flavored soda, yeah. yeah. And the the big one was the black cherry Wishnack, yeah, or whatever. My dad liked black cherries. I I literally I I asked because I don't think I I can't tell you the last time I saw black cherry soda. No, I I don't know either, but I. I've had the black cherry bubbly. It's good. Yeah. Different you're going, you're going, you're soon going to be at the greatest place on earth. I bet you, you could find a black cherry soda there. I don't know. They, don't they know. do those like experimental, like they have lots of different flavors. Do they have the Coke there. thing there? Do they have the, the like the, I feel like they have their own flavors in yeah. the hotels, you know, at the dispensers, yeah, the Coke dispenser. Oh, I've been to the world of Coke. About the, the Coke machine. I love that thing. Oh yeah. No, no, not that one. But if you're ever in Atlanta, yeah, uh, home, you, of Coca home, home of Coca-Cola. You can go to the World of Coke. Oh, and I think that? they have the same setup at Disney World somewhere. I forget where. Um, but you can drink all the different Coke products from around the world, and they're, they offer different stuff in every country. So, like, depending on the flavors of, like, the country. So it's uh, yeah. you can get stuff. Like, everyone knows that the worst-tasting one is... Is the American? No, no, it's the Italy... There's a, a soda in Italy called the Beverly... That I don't know what it is. It's disgusting, mm. um, but it's like an aperitif almost. It's like bitter, yeah. Uh, but you can get like the things from from uh, you know Mexico. There's like an awesome apple apple soda called Manzana Lift. Um, that's basically like apple juice soda. <laughs> they're they're selling the um, the Mexican Coke. Yeah. Yeah, at like Target and stuff now, right? Yeah, I don't think I've bought it, but I it's just it's supposed to be real well, sugar, you've, right? You've been Instead there, of, right? I mean, yeah. how much is is there a significant difference? I just think that there's something about they never used. I, I think the deal is that they never switched 
to corn syrup. They oh, always okay. use it's real Israel. sugar. It's um, like when they had that throwback Mountain Dew they used to right. put out, which and was I th- amazing. I think the same thing goes for kosher Coke. I'm not sure, but I think oh, around Passover okay, you that can makes get, sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> do they have a black phone at the <laughs> World I'm sure somewhere experience. there's a there's a black phone in there. A black phone. I don't know, phones are uh, hard, less you know harder and harder to find these days. I actually have a phone in my house. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, remember, you saw it when you were there. It's yeah, like yeah. when we moved into the house, it was there, and you know what? We didn't remove it. It's mm-hmm. an it's a it's a conversation piece. Yeah. When people come over, you could pack it full of dirt. Yeah. If that shit starts ringing, though, I'm out the door like George Costanza. I'm pushing <laughs> my kids out of the way. I'm like. I will leave everybody in the house yeah. and go away. I am not staying. Uh, I am drinking. I had, I found this in, in the fridge and it was left and I've been saving it for a special occasion. And then I just realized it's a small batch craft beer and I should drink it soon. So uh, this is that occasion. It's uh, the hog Island beer company out on uh, Cape Cod. Amazing Orleans. It's their outermost IPA, which okay. I highly recommend if you ever get out to Cape Cod. Um, why don't we? Why don't we try a rundown? A completely. Yeah, yeah I got. I got rundown. just, just like a, just like the the bare bones premise here. Yes, I love right, it. Let's do it. it. Here we go. Can you do it in like a 1970s uh, TV reporter's voice? Because we have some classic 1970s yes. TV reporters here. Hello, Facebook, and welcome to Com Majors. Mm-hmm. After being adopted abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement a 13 year old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims believe it or not <laughs> no i'm just yeah, kidding that part i like it believe it that was kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. this film has a vibe of like if robert oh. stack was at the beginning <laughs> i would be like this makes sense like yeah Stranger Things esque uh, beats to it. A little it, it, well, predated, it predates it. Yeah, yeah. There, predates it, but there's that vibe going to some degree. Yeah. Uh, all right, time for grade of the week on a scale of A plus through F minus. Where would you grade Black oh, Phone? I really liked this movie a lot. Um, and it hits all of my. Yeah, this is like this a is made for film me. For yeah, you, yeah, isn't it? It's it like really is. Everything in this movie you would. It, like it really imagine. is. Uh, so I'm gonna say for me, on the first watch, and I'll watch it again and see if I can nitpick it a little more. But I'm gonna go with an A. Wow. Yeah. That is. I really like, like this. Movie. That is like almost record breaking. That might be your first day this year. Yeah, I solid. think it, it might is. Be your, I think your first solid. Oh no, you you did you gave an A plus to everything. Everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So, but yeah, and you. Yeah. But last week you had an A minus. You're you're yeah. getting soft. I think, I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm thinking. You're I'm starting just, to get uh, some grade inflation for you. Yeah, I'm just not. You know, maybe I'm becoming less grouchy. I don't know. Um. I, I do think our choices of film have been more in your wheelhouse recently. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I, except you did give a D to Hocus Pocus too. Well, that so that still, was a that was a D. You're still you're still a little still a little grumpy there. Uh, I I like this movie as well. I uh, I will give it a B plus. Um, I gave an A minus to the Witch in our last episode. Yeah. To me, I don't think this is as good as the Witch. I like the witch more, which is why I I think I'll give it a B plus. Though it could teeter into that A minus range. Yeah. The, my I guess this is 
I've been thinking about this all last night when I finished the movie and today, because this is, I guess this comes across as a critique, but it's not like a negative thing. I think the one issue I had while I was watching it versus like the witch. And we talked about the witch when we did it's like, there's definitely elements where you feel like there's aspects of the witch that were inspired by like Stephen King, like the oh, mist yeah. and stuff like definitely, but it wasn't on the, as on the nose, maybe I just felt like I was watching this and I'm like, this is a real, and it's not Stephen King, it's Joe Hill, but yeah. I mean, it, of his lineage, obviously, but I felt like this is an amazing Stephen King adaptation, even though it's not. And that's the only reason like for that reason alone. And maybe that's not a good reason because I still think it's amazing. We could talk about, it. I don't have much bad to say about it. Yeah. I just felt like I had been in this world kind of before. And I was thinking and making connections to other movies and that slightly yeah. maybe distracted me or things like that. Whereas I, when I watched the witch, it was so different. Or when we right. did everything everywhere, it was so different. And, and that's, I guess it's a critique, but it's not, I'm not saying in a negative way. Yeah. Fact, yeah. No, if this was like a Stephen King, straight up Stephen King adaptation, like say this was a Stephen King short story. I think I would have to put it up there with like one of the best Stephen King adaptations I've seen. Yeah. So, I mean, in that way, I think it's amazing. But that's the only reason where I, I teetered between like an A minus and a B plus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's easy to draw the draw the connections. And I think that's part of why I like it. But it's also uniquely um, lean. Like I kept one when, when I was telling Brian, like, I don't I don't Brian, I don't think you've read any of the Joe Hill books, right? No, he, I, I, I do. I do know some of his stuff just the stuff that's been adapted. I really like his books a lot. Um and he is like Stephen King distilled for me so like he it, to some extent cuts out a lot of the fat that Stephen King leaves on his books um and has a way of like really honing in on the themes and not getting distracted I feel. Um and and take it or leave it whether you like that and what Stephen King writes or you like the way Joe Hill writes I I I find them both incredibly um, well, interesting. So I, I do think that the lean part of this is the part that really works. And obviously it's the biggest issue between mediums, right? Like Stephen King right. novels are fabulous because how they draw you in what they do, but that doesn't, I mean, that's probably some of the biggest issues then right. when you go see the adaptation. Cause you're like, I don't have that connection to that character um, in the way I did in the book. And this is a, this is a, like a lean to be fair. This is a machine. short story though. Yes. Which is probably yeah. the best way. I mean, let's talk about great Stephen King. Right. Which is the short story. Yeah. It's, or it's when they, or the arguably the mist, also or short. arguably when you've had a director, let's say like Kubrick with the shining. Yeah. Who was willing just to strip it. Right. Strip it down to like what theme he wanted out of King's work. And then the second. Yeah. And, and then the, the other way is like, I think it chapter one is the best Stephen King adaptation of a longer book. Mm. But yeah, so chapter two kind of falls off a little but bit. Do you think that was because they knew they were going to have a chapter two? I feel yeah. Like yeah. It's definitely because they broke so it up. They were eight. Yeah. So they were willing to like yeah. just tell a story because what I like about this is that 
the balancing of we get just enough in this movie before it really gets going. Yeah, let's talk like, about that. I, yeah, which is interesting. This reminded the, me of the Lost Boys. It kind of did, right? Yeah, the beginning of this better is acting. a lot, a whole lot better. But <laughs> but even even the um, the credit sequence in the beginning played out a lot like the Lost Boys, which is, um, you know, in this it's creepy music. In Lost Boys, was it People Are Strange? Was the it was the cover, right? I think it was at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. They played yeah. it so many times in that movie, but I can't it, remember. And it's basically showing all the lost children posters in both movies. Uh kind of setting up like what your kind of the world <laughs> these kids are living in. You know, they're all scared they're gonna be kidnapped by the, the grabber. Yeah. And but that you see, I think that's where I started to get that. Stephen King vibe, and I yeah. started to think of it and, and and all those types of things. But but to be fair, that's that's not like a thing. In that's it. not a foot. It no, just no, it just feels no, like no, Stephen no, King, no, but it's I not know. really. What, yeah, it, it's not at all. Right. And that's what I mean. That's why I feel like almost bad with that take or yeah. that I felt that way because it's not. It's not stealing. It's not taking. It just it just evokes. I think of people like us who have. You more than me you have read Stephen King, have been in that world, have seen yeah. all the media. That's our go to. It's almost like Shakespeare, right? Like yeah. he's a modern version of Shakespeare that we've grown up with all his stuff. So anytime we see something like that, we're immediately drawn into that world. Yeah. And to be fair, like they have crossed over books and um, characters like there. So like Stephen King has referenced characters from Joe Hill's novels and Joe Hill has referenced you know, characters from Stephen King's novels. So like, they're not scared to play around with the, you know, that they are kind of in the same universe as, as mm -hmm. far as like characters. And that's a whole thing that the dark tower kind of like <laughs> encapsulates the Stephen King universe and, and Joe Hill kind of plays in there and is what? not scared of any of the comparisons anymore. No. And I thought actually in look and feel and style at points, this felt very Dr. Sleep. Yeah, to me, like that Derrickson and Mike, Michael, Fly, like those, yeah. Fly, those two, like those two worlds could easily have blended together in a completely organic way. Mm -hmm. And I would have been like, OK, I could see that. I could have seen like Rebecca Ferguson's character showing up or Ewan McGregor's character. And that would have worked for me. And I've been thinking this. about that. I want to rewatch Dr. Sleep because I think it's actually a lot better than I originally gave it credit for. Now, did you watch the director's cut? I haven't yet. I, I heard it's people great. Feel, people feel much stronger about the director's cut. Yeah, we got to watch it. Yeah, so that's it. So we, we, we do get characters. First of all, I love the time period. I, I'm a yeah. big time. I love films in the 70s, in the 80s. I just feel like there's something about that time period that makes it yeah, we like know easier, so like right, right. We well, know yeah. the feel, the vibe, like this idea that everybody doesn't have trackers on them. Everybody does. There's not cameras everywhere. And, you can do that. And we were less evolved as a as a society to the point where things like mental illness and things like oh, domestic were violence were ignored and and played down and and um yeah and and that that all kind of plays out in this movie. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It just end. I think there's an element to it now where if this is set in like 
2021 or wherever, whenever they're filming it, kids aren't just walking the streets. And you know what I mean? Like you go back into that idea of like, Oh yeah. Kids would just walk home from school and people were going like, if well, in the late seventies, this was the time period where that, you know, there were, you know, the whole stranger thing was stranger danger became a yes. thing because you know, it was, and, and it turned out that it, you know, from what I've read and what I've saw, that it all stems from the the children disappearing in Georgia mm. around this time, um, and that it really wasn't a huge issue of children disappearing no, besides but this but, one instance. Yeah. yeah, but but you could get that right. Like yeah. there was that fear associated. With, nowadays, it's like no, you get picked up in car line and you go home, and you sure as hell wouldn't. Someone signing you in and out. Yeah, of most yeah. Places. You can't yeah. have that type of thing anymore you know first you know you got to stop the kids from walking home then you got to <laughs> stop them from playing dungeon and dragons before they turn into pardue and they go you can missing see my my new shelves the, up here yeah uh, they're beautiful by my the way. dungeons and dragon stuff in yeah there. you know you turn in next thing you know you turn into uh tom hanks roaming new york city killing people yeah or you turn into eddie from stranger things and you're a beautiful human being yeah i'm gonna go either way yeah. um you commented to me on something. Uh, you said this film is so dark. I didn't mean it tonally. No, I meant I know. the cinematography. Visually, yes. And that, so I started watching it. And this film's a great example, I think, of one of the challenges that filmmakers are starting to have now, which is the darkness of the expectation of watching it in a theater yeah. where that would, you, you can play with that right. and it's fabulous versus home viewing and things. Yeah. And it's so weird because we haven't done one like this in a while where I feel that the like, way in which you view it is so vital to what you totally. take from it. But this is absolutely, you got to watch this at night films. on a screen that does not have any kind of glare. Yeah, because I, and, it is dark. So the first, the beginning, the beginning of the scene is a summer. Is it summer or like late early fall? Well, it's baseball. No, yeah. they're playing their little spring, league, right? But so it must clear. be spring. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I don't know. It's not that clear. They're still in school though, so it must be spring. Springtime, I guess. It's in Colorado though, so I'm like, so man, it, that's pretty warm. For... Right, and it's a beautiful. It seems like it's a beautiful day in in Denver area. Uh. And it's hard for me. It was hard to see in my house, but it was bright. I had a bright Ooh. room. So yeah. uh, I had to change some of the settings for a second to be able to see uh, you know, while they were outside. And during the day, it was completely fine. And I noticed immediately, I was like, whoa, this, this is muted. Mm. And to make it look dated, I think. Yes. You know, to make it look like the seventies, it's not bright. Like when you consider like, the Shining is a perfect example. Same locale-ish, you know, mm. but that's seventies Colorado. It's that's a way brighter movie. Um, this is set to be creepy, I think, and dark. Um, so watch it at night if you can, uh, with no lights on in the room. Watch it in a dark room so that you can really get the whole picture. If you have if you have a um, HDR TV, that's even better. Little yeah, that contrast. Yeah, you got to get that. It setting. looks great, but once they move inside to their house with the father yes. and the and the and the sister, and they're talking, I had a hard time of distinguishing, like what the details of the room a little bit. 
Um, yeah, I, so. I do. I think it's I think it's problem. And this is an issue for all film, which is which is problematic. Like I am obsessed with cinematography. So, you know, I go yeah. in and I have all my so what do you think? To, yeah. Oh, well, good. But I think the problem is not many people, your average viewers are, gonna go, TV are going through like, I, you know, like I'm on Facebook pages with like the ideal settings. I'm setting my balances. Mm -hmm. I have different settings for like if I'm wear, watching it upstairs at night in bed or if I'm watching it downstairs. Yeah. Most people don't go through that. And One of the things you the can do, though, if you have an Apple TV, you can actually go into your settings and you have an iPhone. If you have an iDevice, you can actually set the, the Apple TV will color balance for you, which is really cool. So like, oh, I didn't know they did that. That's pretty yeah, awesome. So if you go into actually. the settings and you hit color balance, it'll come up on your phone. It'll say like, take your phone up to the TV and they put a little thing on the phone, on the TV. You pulled up your phone with the camera and it plays through a bunch of colors really quickly. And then it'll show you like, do you want to use the balance setting or the non-balance setting, you could toggle between them and see the difference. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But my issue, I guess, is this: like, a, not that you have to go to that extreme. Because listen, some people don't care. Yeah. Like, like you could turn your TV all. on vivid, but and you I, won't even notice it, this. But I feel bad, and I think it, this is like the challenge when you hear people talk about like making films, right? What are you making the film for now? And people might not realize that like the canvas that you're shooting for does change things. You know, like if you're yeah. making a TV show, they light it differently than if they're making a movie. Like you, you're trying to figure sure. out where is this going to be shown? And I think like movies, like they, again, a lot of movies don't matter, but for this one, it's, I thought it was just interesting. Cause I feel like the choices, the way they layer colors and the eeriness at the beginning, like there's a sense of, something's wrong from the very beginning with that choice of how they, I think lit some of that stuff. And yeah. if you don't have it, I'm, I'm sure in the theater, that's just very obvious when you're not in a theater, if you're watching it during the day or something, you might miss that. And it's just those like little cues or things yeah. that I think can impact people. So it's, I, I, it's gotta be crazy. Now you're a filmmaker. I know you and I've, disagreed like during the pandemic when Christopher Nolan was like fighting get on big screen and like that type of stuff. And I'm like, they shoot these things in a certain way. So I, I kind of understood what he was saying. Like people are, are filming this to be on a certain type of screen to then not have it. There is probably for the technical people a really frustrating thing, but they didn't not have it there. That's the, no, that's they did. the, the yeah, I know, but it wasn't going to be. I, I guess I, I understood your point, but yeah. my, I guess I just my point was, it's got to be very difficult now to be a filmmaker, or maybe it's getting easier because you just have to realize. Let's be maybe fair it's though. In retrospect, in retrospect, that's a bad movie. So, I. It's okay. Listen, I think that some movies it didn't matter. I think when you see what Tom Cruise forced Top Gun Maverick to not air that was a genius business move obviously right but his was a year later and it was it was way he delayed oh, they held it two, that years. Like two yeah. years though yeah yeah uh, but aside like i i thought your color your your point of view on that was spot on i was like it also made me want to see it more in the theater keenan was actually just bringing something up on the most recent episode of um pop battle when he was the, he went and saw black adam and he's like 
I need, he, he's kind of like, I need to detach when I see a movie in the theater. Cause it immediately, the experience bumps up the movie in my mind. <laughs> and I come, but I complete, I think I kind of completely agree with that. That take, did you hear that Keenan? I'm, I'm giving Keenan. So I'm, I think I'm I different. Think that, that experience. I, I do think you, you become so immersed in it that you're more likely to upgrade it than downgrade it. I think I, if I like it, I'm more likely to love it. And if I dislike it, I'm more likely to hate it in the theater. In the theater. All like, right, I think fair. I just get pushed more. See, maybe I'm not going to a movie unless I'm thinking I'm really going to like it. Maybe that's part of that's true. the issue. But I think you're right. You, I did never saw Lucky Numbers in a theater, so I can't, I yeah. can't attest to that. You actually uh, saw that. Um, when this movie turns, it turns on a dime, though which I really liked. Yeah. Again, I love the amount of setup they did. It was interesting. I, I just, we, we were just watching back to the future. And we showed it to Claire and Jack for the first time, but who got this like almost George McFly character flaw. Like he can never stand up for, for himself right, and kids right. are disappearing. But when he and Ethan Hawke get together, man, it's good. Yeah. The kid, the child actors in this movie are phenomenal. They're, they're great. Everybody. What is it about? This is my question because you like horror movies more than me. What is it about horror movies? Yeah, that are such good vehicles for like teen or child actors. I think that I, I actually yeah. find them to be I think adolescent, the, teen, like tween. Yeah, they're like yeah. the best vehicles for them. I think it's like the innocence of like. Yeah, because like you, you can forget. And I talk about this a lot with comedies, too. I think teenagers or kids doing stupid things is forgivable, right? Like you True. or, or being fair. or being assholes or being awful. They're not All the developed. things you need, right? Like, right. That's why Lost Boys is perfect. Like, right. You could adolescence, right? Go they're, with they're, it. They're they're nuts. They're they're not making the right choices because they're not old enough to be making the right choices. So like I always talk about this with comedies when I compare like something like and two like totally inappropriate movies, problematic, right? You have American Pie, lots of problematic shit in it. Mm -hmm. You have something about Mary, same thing. Yes. American Pie to me can still be somewhat funny because it's they're teens. They're teens doing yes. doing problematic things, and teens do problematic things because yeah. they're not they're not right. <laughs> ben Stiller as like a thirty five year old is not funny being inappropriate anymore, right? Well, like, it's also, and that's why old school works because the storyline is that it's inappropriate that they're doing. Right, that's this. the whole that's the whole like, point that's of the, the whole, movie. The whole point of the movie. Right. Whereas that's not what they're really doing with right, something right, about right. Mary. Right. And so like, I think with horror, it's maybe a little bit similar in that, in that you can relate. It's so this is a thing about fear, right? It's very easy to relate to the fear that a child has specifically because they're broad. They can be broad fears, right? They can be very broad. It's a little more difficult for like you to relate to an adult's fear. I think I don't know. Well, the 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 fear is the mortgage, right? Right, or yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it can be very specific fears that would resonate with some people, but other people it might not, right? But I think with kids being scared of un of like the dark or being scared of like an unknown thing, you can put yourself back in the in that kid's shoes pretty easily. Those fears as a kid are like indelible, right? 
Yeah. So it's they're just. Yeah. It, it, it's not a stretch for them that I just find it so interesting. You you see movies and like well, think about E.T., the, the scary parts of E.T. Yeah. The, in the I, beginning. Mean, I just it's just so intriguing to me that you often see children in film and and the the critique is like they're the worst part of that movie and again often it's a valid criticism yeah and but then you see what kind of load they carry in movies like um stand by me or i mean let's just think of ones we did recently look at like kirsten dunst in an interview with a vampire she's great look at look at caleb from the witch yeah so i mean they're delivering performances that are terrifying interesting like every scene they're in and i i just can't i i can't figure out i'm like that's the type of performance you have to find so maybe it is that you can nail to a child actor like that fear is an emotion they know and when you're trying to get an emotion that they have never experienced before like you know when you try to have a kid be funny or sarcastic you know when they try to make kids act like they're 30 years old just it just doesn't work because there's no real life experience. Right. Then, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's two great performances. Actually, I would, I would argue there isn't a child performance in this movie. That isn't a me. Every, no, everything felt, actor, everything, everything felt so authentic to those kids. Like there were not, the kids were not caricatures of like, like, you know, even the bullies that were chasing him, it remind there was a little bit of like a never ending story vibe with the like the bullies yeah, chasing him down I the love street. That. Yep, yep. Um you know, those bullies were were kind of nerds. They weren't like they they weren't no, prototypical they right off at the end, right? right They're they, just like they weren't prototypical, like, you know, big muscly dumb guys. They were they were no, just the other sister, kids that were picking on him. Yeah. Dude, one of my favorite <sighs> bully fight scene like clips ever is when the sister hits him and this so is there's like three of them and then the one who's got hit in the head is the blood going down and he just turns and looks her is like okay i'm done i'm yeah, out yeah I'm not, I'm not all sold on this i'm not a yeah this movie's boy. brutal but it's not most of the brutal scenes are the kids violence against each other right like like yeah there's not a lot of like brutality in the in the interactions with the well with, that's one of the interesting things like when i was reading about this is how this movie is interesting in terms of how you like classify it. Like, is this supernatural horror? Is it horror? Is it like, where does it fall on the spectrum? And I think they do a really nice job of like balancing those elements, which to Robert Cargill, who writes this with Scott Derrickson, this is what I liked about the first Dr. Strange. Yeah. Isn't he is one there- of the ain't it cool guys? Yeah, I think so. I think he might be Um, great follow on Twitter, though. He might not be on anymore as everybody's leaving because they don't want to pay Elon Musk for it. But they're they're balancing of like multiple genres. I I would say to to me that really stood out to me, I think, because this is the movie he left to do the two of them when they bailed on Doctor Strange in the multiverse. And to me, everything in terms of balancing tones and different like genre stuff in this is what multiverse was missing to me. Like, I don't like I just think he is able to do that in a way that the second Doctor Strange didn't have. And I think the first Doctor Strange is a sneaky under the radar. Good Marvel movie. 
to be fair when you go back and look at it. Yeah, and I think the second one is going to be utterly forgettable and is not a good movie. No, which I'm wondering. I, I feel like that's not the movie he wanted to tell, no. which is probably why he was not there when they... Yeah, so Robert Cargill it. was Massaworm at, ah, at Ain't there It Cool. Is. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a I, I enjoy he left stuff. being a film critic because he got to know too many directors. He yeah, said like it's too that. hard to be a critic on these these films of people that I really like. I get yeah. that. I I yeah. think what they did in this, and this is a credit to Joe Hill. Again, going back to like the short story idea, great movies can turn on just a simple premise. Like, yeah. what if you're trapped in a basement? Well, let's and talk about this. Like yeah. Phone. Yeah. Like, so, like, th- like, this. That's an awesome idea. I love that. There's almost the vibe of this is if you took signs and combined it with um, Sixth Sense, right? Mm. Like, the idea of like seeing or hearing these ghosts through the phone telling him what he needs to do to get out of this house, get out of this basement love where it. he's being held. And the idea that all those things even though he can't piece together what it's all about mm. at the end, sort of come together in a yeah. signs like fashion. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Uh, it, that's the stuff that like hits home with me. Yeah. A lot of it's, you know, there's probably, if I go back and watch this, there's pl- probably like plot holes galore on what, how all those things come together. Um, but in the watching of this movie, I didn't, I, nothing, stuck out at me and, and took me out of it. In fact, I would argue it plays so fast. Yeah. Like the end phase where all that stuff comes together that I wasn't even, I didn't feel, feel like I was hit over the head with it. Yeah. There was almost that element. Remember when we did predator, like when he's setting the sit like that oh, yeah. or home alone home where alone. everything yeah, yeah, set yeah. up like the home alone phase, but it was, it was, done in such a quick fashion. Like, Oh, he fell. Oh, they got the steak, the steaks for the dog. That, that I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, Cause you didn't have to yeah. be the heart of it. It didn't have to be the heart of it. And they did it at the same time with that narrative of the house across the street is where it was. So I'm thinking like, Oh my God, are they playing with like time here or something? Like what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I just I love how they tied that together. Yeah, there was all those ideas. And obviously we're well into spoiler territory here, but like the idea that like as you're listening, you or as you're as you're kind of going through this with the main character and hearing that what the ghosts are telling him, you don't realize until the very end that they're all working together. Mm. It because each phone call sounds like one you know yeah one one little like piece of like this is what i tried and you can Mm. continue my work and maybe get out through the freezer or maybe you'll be able to get out through the window or maybe you'll be able to get out by he does get out he literally gets out right but it's not that each one of those is a way to get out it's like each one of those combined together in like a is like a voltron hint right like they all come together and offer their own like little piece of the puzzle it's a lot of a lot of this seems video game-ish to me almost like in the way that like you're it, like collecting uh, yeah it's like a puzzle that's being solved yeah. and and um yeah I, I appreciate that i thought i think it's really cool obviously it's that piece of it is a little um you know it's not that piece is the least grounded part of this movie hmm. well i also found the even the supernatural stuff is 
interesting because they're doing it on two levels. Oh, yeah. And we could just say that his sister has the shine, right? Like she, yes. she's Danny I mean, Torrance. And that, yes. that that's not a coincidence. Like that is Joe Hill writing with that in mind. Yeah. 100%. And, I, and that her, the sister's performance is is amazing. Yep. Um, her her vulgar language is one of my favorite oh, parts of this movie. God, so good. They actually delayed production so they could get her. Oh, which, really? you, which I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard a story like that before. I mean, often you're only going to delay production for like a big name, but they delayed production because they were so sold on her. They're like, no, we need her in this role. And she was Madeline McGraw. Yeah, she was great. Her, her choice, the, the playing off of that. I also like it in the Dr. Sleep slash Kubrick Shining. Yeah. I liked it. I felt like that part isn't overplayed. Do you know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's played the dream sequences. All that is played in a very naturalistic way yep. with just enough work to make it feel surreal. Yeah. Which, and just what I like. I like when they do it. That and it's way. very interesting that like you can, that the audience gets to see the ghost, but that he doesn't mm. right. Like he's not, he's only hearing their voice through the phone. He doesn't see the ghosts in the basement with him the way that the audience does, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. I, they shot a few things. I, I really enjoyed the, the the cinematography there's one shot to me that was like they they doubled up these shots at a point it made him look so small mm -hmm. it was almost like a kind of above shooting down after it was like one of the first few phone calls and he looked so small in that room but then they juxtaposed that with this shot of him really tight and it's like that he's he's so feeling so small at one moment and then it's so claustrophobic at the next moment. Yep. And I just, I thought that that was a super cool way. And actually this cinematographer also did another movie that I love ready or not for oh, the yeah. last like five or six years. Um, and he did that one as well. And I, I, I love the looks that he did in that one. And I well. liked that they, they did a few like um, interesting, like film grain stuff with mm. when there were the flashbacks. So it was well, almost like you were watching an old video. Yeah, that was great. I, I mean, this had another... There's been a few films this year that dipped into this time period, like Licorice Pizza we yeah. saw. I feel like the 70s is such an interesting time period to delve into because um, the fashion is so unique to the time, like the cars, the yeah. looks of the houses and everything. It does add a really interesting layer to movies that I do wonder, like if you go back in, let's say like 30 years, yeah. are we going to be able to tell the difference between a movie in right. 2020 versus 2010? I feel like a lot of that has been stripped away. Whereas if you go watch old movies, you're like, no, this is a movie from the fifties. This is a movie from the sixties. This is a movie from the seventies. Like you hit the turn of the century, like the two thousands. And if you strip the content away and just look at the visuals, there's nothing striking. It's very generic. I feel yeah. like we've got very we, generic. We'll probably go in cycles. There'll be something that'll come along. But like, yeah, you make a good point because there's um, I, the the thing that kept coming to me is like we you have that whole like movies that were made in the 70s about the 70s, right? Which mm -hmm. is, um, you know, 
the Gene Hackman stuff and, and, and that time period. And then you have like Scorsese doing things. And that's by guys who experienced the seventies as they were happening, as they were making movies. Right. Yes. And now you have people that experience the seventies as children who are making movies and it's a totally different vibe. It's interesting or not vibe. I don't want to say that because the vibe is the same, but I think the perspective on the time period is totally different. Yeah. Whereas like, it was like some making movies about the seventies who understanding of the seventies was through a Scorsese. Yeah, totally, totally. And it feels like the people that were children or, or movies about children in the seventies are so unforgiving and so brutal. Mm. Uh, this is one of them. Like the, yes. again, this, this is a brutal movie with the violence against children. It is brutal, but it's a lot of the, the, the only violence you really see is the children beating up each other. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's the good fair. characters and the bad characters. Like there, there are bullies and there are, there are people standing up to the bullies and it's, it's rough. Uh, the use of the coked out brother. Oh my it. God. He was great. It's uh Ziggy from yeah, season two of the wire. Yeah. He was and, fabulous. Put it in by the way, because they felt that the movie was too heavy halfway through the writing of it. They needed, they felt they needed some levity and how great does it play? Like it's almost like, wait, they had true crime podcasters back in the seventies as yeah. well, because that's what that guy is. Yeah. And Jeremy Davies as the dad is oh. so good. The, he is such a good actor. Yes, he is. The problem is... he's He was Jack, right? From... Was he... he oh, no, no. That was Henry Thomas. Sorry. Yeah, I always sorry. get them to, those two yeah, confused. But he is... He is... Has such a look to him that he almost has to play a character that is... I don't know. There's like an energy to him. Yeah. Well, he, who know, was he in Lost? Daniel, he was, uh, Daniel Faraday. Faraday. That's right. Yeah. Daniel Faraday. And he had the same kind of ticks to his performance. Yeah. The one where, you know, I first remember him is the guy you despise in Saving Private Ryan. Right. He's the translator, right? He's, yeah. He's the that coward. That he's the, yeah, whatever, you know, gets yeah. everybody, gets all those guys killed. Yeah. Um, which I have to go back and watch Saving Private Ryan again because I was. I feel like that character mm -hmm. as like an 18 year old, when I saw it or 19 year old, I had no sympathy for. Right. And I, I do feel like as an older person, I would have more sympathy and probably appreciate the way he played that character yeah. more now than the performance. Well, I think, I think that's that. probably a credit to him, um, to how he played it, that you didn't have any sympathy then and you might have it now. Right. So yeah. Like, no, I it think was, he probably it was, was amazing. Very realistic. Yeah, yeah, he's probably amazing in it. Um, few good jump scares in this one. I'm trying There's to remember the, the, the girl float the girl he killed who was floating. Great jump it, scare. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Ethan Hawk when he gets Finn the sprays is, that was Ethan Hawk. By the way, so good. I I can't figure it out about Ethan Hawk in the sense that he's awesome. I think everybody would agree. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for how good of an actor he is. And that's probably because his choice, he did a lot of stuff for Richard Linkletter. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, recently he obviously did, um, uh, what, what did he do? Uh, Moon Knight. You know, he, he, you know, he just balances between, 
The guy is so damn good. He's great in Moonlight. He's, Moonlight, by the way. He's great in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. He's great in the Before trilogy, which he's which in the Northman. Those he's in the Northman. I haven't seen it. He, yet. But he does. He can do such a like wide range of films. Um, you know, obviously Training Day. I mean, you go back yeah. even as a young actor, Dead yep. Poet Society. He's in he's Glass just, Onion. He's he's going to be yeah. in that. I, I just feel like he's one of those people when you go back to and you and you look now actors who were young in the 80s and and who's actually still left. It's like him and Cruz. You know, they came up about the same time. You know, Dead Poet Society was like 87, 88. Cruz is doing. Well, Top what's Gun his name um, is with them because he's he's sort of in that. Um, Kingpin, what's his name? Uh from uh D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Yeah, but I feel like D'Onofrio is more of a, a side Yeah, he wasn't he was yeah. but I mean like Ethan like there's just there's guys who have put together decades of work. And it's just you know, Matthew Modine's very good as well. He was from that time period. I feel like he kind of disappeared for a while, but now with Stranger Things and everything, yeah. he's he's back up there. But he's super awesome. All right, I want to bring back an old segment mm. of Com Majors. Uh, our old game of the week segment. We've done a bunch of these fun, exciting horror movies. Last year, if you remember, we tried to do like scary movies. Oh yeah. And we made the mistake of picking Hocus Pocus, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Beetlejuice. None of them were scary. None of them were scary. Well, to be fair, Nightmare on Elm Street is really scary as as a child. As 40-year-olds, it was not scary. Yeah. Uh, so that did not work. But we're going to bring back higher or lower. So I'm, we're going to compare Black Phone, mm-hmm. the Black Phone, which is interesting because it means it's the only uh, supernatural Black Phone, I guess, since we're calling it the Black Phone. Yeah. As opposed to just a Black Phone. But this is where we need Katie for English. Her <clears throat> English. There has to be a, a choice made there by calling it the Black Is Black, the Black Phone higher or lower than the following Comagers movies we have done in the last month or so. Mm. Uh, higher or lower than Interview with a Vampire? I think it's higher. Agreed. It's definitely higher. I'm still disappointed by Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because I think the source material is there to make like a really uh, unique movie. Yeah, I think there were good performances in it. Except for Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> it just it didn't, it didn't work. Uh, all right, higher dead. or lower? <laughs> well, that's fair. Well, maybe, maybe we should have given that. Uh, higher or lower than The Lost Boys? Higher for me. Yeah. Only thing this movie was missing was that saxophone player. Yeah. If they had had him, A+. Plus. Uh, all right, how about higher or lower than The Witch? So I would say higher for me, but I... Th- do believe that the witch is a better film, but I think enjoyability wise, I like the black phone better. Higher. Okay, I would take the witch, but I could see your point. Uh, finally, how about how how about Hocus Pocus? 2? I would put Hocus Pocus two below all these movies and a bunch I, of other movies. I actually think I would give Hocus Pocus two a lower rating than I did upon watching it. When we did the episode. Me too. And the more I think about it, I, I'm still sh- flabbergasted that everyone on that episode besides you would disagreed with me that that movie felt small. And 
I think I, th I thought I, all I their stage I, their stage sets felt really oh, tiny. I think it looked like something out of a high school production. I went actually back and looked at a few of the the scenes <laughs> in the woods because I wanted because I kind of felt that way too. And I I think you your assessment of that was a hundred percent correct. I think I was being nice because we had people on who liked it. True. Katie's claim. I, 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 I'm not even going to go into it. It's not. No, I, I was, I was so out. angry. I was so angry that she, uh, okay. So King of the Hill, bottom of the barrel. I don't think this is better than everything everywhere. I, uh, think I don't either. No, but I will say this, this is of my, I'm up to 30 movies from this year. This right now, and I still have a bunch of stuff upcoming. Uh, there's still a lot of good stuff starting to roll out because it's whatever. This is in my top five. Oh, awesome. Now, everything everywhere is in my top three. Mm -hmm. So I do have to put it be below that. But this was very good. Uh, you and I both saw Barbarian recently. I would put this above, <laughs> Me above too. Barbarian. Too. But Bar Barbarian was good. But this this is well worth seeing. Yeah, I I, it's a different kind of movie. I think Barbarian is a movie that is sort of uh, more of a horror. I feel like it's more, more of a horror movie. Horror movie. More, it's a little more like this movie. If this movie is as scary as The Sixth Sense, I would say it's in yes, that level fair. of scary. This this is a movie that you can watch if you're not a horror right. person and still be comfortable. Barbarian, I don't think I would recommend the people. Unless you're a horror fan, and and, and fan. it is kind of silly. Like the Barbarian has a silly silliness yes. streak to it that yeah, that is which very is apparent. threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, double feature, which I even forgot about this week. I never I, forgot I about already double feature. Kind of spoiled mine. I would do a triple feature. Yeah, and do I would watch uh, this, The Sixth Sense, and Signs. Okay, perfect. I would. I think I would put this with Dr. Sleep. Yeah. It's, it's so I really I can see these it. two hovering in the same universe yep. in a really significant way. Mm -hmm. And I like, I think I'm with you. I think I liked Dr. Sleep, but I think I'd like it even more if I went back and watched it again. Mm -hmm. And you know, I love the shine. I would like so to do I, a shining I, and Dr. Sleep kind of a uh, dual a double an actual double feature yeah rewatch both we have done that we could re revisit both films yeah it's been ages since we did that okay uh those are your double feature all right time for five questions you want answers you want answers i almost got it that was close it's only two buttons <laughs> mr lebowski what the fuck is the internet Word. why all right, time for five questions uh, for Jim, because there's nobody asked a question to other than Jim. Uh, Ethan Hawke, we didn't even, by the way, we didn't the even talk about the masks. Yeah, a, gr which, a great horror movie icon over the years have been masks, right? Like you have yeah. the screen mask, you have... I don't think that this will be iconic in that, in that way. I think it's better than the screen mask. Oh, I don't scarier. know about that. The scary. I think it's scary. Oh, than sure, the sure. Mask. But the scream mask is hard to oh, beat. Oh, iconic! And, and, it's yeah, not yeah. going to be more iconic than that. Or the Michael Myers, like that. Yes. That idea. Or I the hockey mask. I do think we probably missed something deep in literary with like 
the different levels yeah, so of the he masks, kept changing, changing it. Yeah, and, and the one scene, he didn't have a mouth, right? Like, it was, like, yeah, sealed over. Just, or the fact that he couldn't function without the mask. That was his right. ultimate, like, And when he was outside during the day, was his face, like, spray-painted white? Like, yeah, almost, like, like, gray? I don't... It, see, this is where we needed, like, a psych person to come on, because there's there's a whole subtext that we didn't even delve into about I think they gave you, character. like, just enough, right? Yeah, like he was beaten and he was needed to beat people and but his brother right. plays into that in a weird way like yeah, I don't how know. that worked. Listen, but... you can go, I'm sure there's a psychology person running yeah. a film site that you could do that. Uh he plays a magician in this. My question to you, thumbs mm-hmm. up or thumbs down, how do you feel about magicians? As a people, I'm d- thumbs down on them. As their tricks, oh. I kind of like magic tricks. Okay, but I don't trust music magicians. Like, why would they trust them? Their whole thing is about deceit, right? Yes, it's con. Yeah. It's a con. Fabulous. Uh, Jeremy Davies, amazing in this show. Yep. Um, he is in two of my probably ten top ten favorite shows on television of all time. Would you rather watch Lost? Or justified. So I have to be honest. I've never got into Justified. Like I never oh, watched it. So be the best written show in TV history. I have to say Lost, but I would like to watch Justified at some point. Must watch. The writing yeah. on Justified is unbelievable. Dickie Bennett, fabulous role. Uh, this film is set in the 1970s, as we talked about. One adjective you would use to describe the 1970s is violent. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I like it. I mean, if we're if we're just looking at the films of the the '70s and films set in the '70s, we have a lot of violent movies. There is a lot of violence. Yeah, very actually, true, I guess that's true. just movies in general. But, yeah, but it is. I think it's a fair assessment. This was uh, like normalized violence, though. I think that's what I'm dealing with in this movie. Is like the kids fighting each other, and that was like completely normal. Yeah, the kids got like blood by and they just like, like went home to a pulp. Yeah. It happened before school, after school, during right. school. Yeah. Violence all the time. Uh, Ethan Hawke, as we said, amazing this film. What's your favorite Ethan Hawke film? So I almost have to do like he has he has like such a long career. I don't know. I guess it's Training Day. Mm, but it's very good in it. But I have to also say that like as a child, I loved. The Explorers, which is a, oh, a weird so movie that he's in. Yeah, it's and, a great movie. Yeah, and I love this movie. Like Dead I, Poet Society. Dead Poet Society. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a lot. I'll go with Training Day because I think that's probably like a master class between him and Denzel. Not, not Gattaca. Not Gattaca. Another good, good. I like Gattaca. It's a good one. Uh, finally, deep thoughts question: What is the creepiest? Not most iconic. We've talked no. about most iconic. What is the creepiest mask you could ever imagine seeing a person wear? Oh, man. I don't know. This is a really tough one because it can be. There's so. So many. I I don't like those. Um, the plague doctor masks, you know, like with Ooh, the long yeah. nose. Oh, yeah. From the Black Death. Yeah. Because they would put. um they would put like uh, smelling stuff, right? Smelling stuff in there. So you didn't have to smell the putrefied flesh yeah, great. of those dying. I don't like I that. Would, That's I would be terrified of seeing people wear masks of myself oh yeah well, that, do, do you know what that. i mean like like people yeah that's a great point like masks of you like in a dream or something no, like that thanks like for everybody that in my head gym mask is running around what if everybody had a katie mask there's like i, like I might be okay with that what about eva <laughs> eva 
masks. Eva's blueberry face. No, that blueberry that face would be picture. Terrifying. Um, and that is five questions. Mm-hmm. Lots of great content out there to listen to. Jim is on the big interview oh, right. from the Doom Thugs Network. Uh, fascinating discussion that everybody is going to want to listen to. I'm trying to cancel my recorded episode because it's no way it's going to be as interesting <laughs> as Jim's discussion of true. everything. That is absolutely true. I learned what cold brew coffee was because uh, I honestly didn't know. That's I, I have an argument that I don't think most people know what cold brew coffee is. I think it's one of those things people like pretend they know because they think it's cool and they should know what it is. But in fact, they know absolutely no idea what it is that's interesting i didn't i didn't think of that i think i mean it's basically in the name like what it is yeah but i don't think people i think people think cold brew is like you brew coffee then put it in the fridge like you were talking that's iced coffee yeah yeah yeah, but i don't think people realize the difference there uh also tim and keenan on pop adult have some great new episodes and Mm -hmm. yeah go listen to our back catalog of episodes that is slowly inching up to number 200. Yeah. Almost Let there. us know what you think our 200th episode should be. Cause we haven't even decided what movie that should be. The 300 we're going to do for 200, the 300. <laughs> I'm going to do a, the next Zack Snyder, the Zack Snyder film catalog, <laughs> a to Z. Um, that won't happen. No, that's it. All right. I will never watch that. Uh, okay. Thank you everybody. Goodbye. Yeah. See you everyone. Bye.